Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I always research famous people and, you know, I sometimes look at people like Hitler and people like that, that have, even Napoleon. You know, they conquered great amounts of land and countries, but they weren't happy with what they had. They had to have more. And if they just stopped and enjoyed what they had, they would have um, lived a lot longer and enjoyed what they had. And I think that's a lot with a lot of people. They're not happy with what they have. This is Property Investry, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode on Property Investry, we continue the conversation with Garth Brown, a successful conveyancer and property investor whose simplistic strategy has provided him with a living that he's comfortable to retire on in the future. So, what held him back from investing in property initially? Yeah, I suppose it was the amount of debt that you get into. But there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. Good debt is good when you've got an investment property or a home that's well located. And uh, rather than like credit card debt, like eating out all the time, spending money on cars and clothes and holidays. Um, But uh, that's not the best debt. The the good debt is having a debt on an asset that's going to go up in value. Um, and that was a bit daunting taking on a, on a debt, but I thought as I go back to my footy days, if I don't do it early, it's going to be really hard later on. So that's why I went early and um, got into debt, good debt, and I've just built equity over, over time. You've got to play the long, the long game, not the short game. Uh, I'm not into these sort of shows myself where you see on TV where people come in and renovate a home and resell it in three months and you know, make a $40,000 profit because there's so much stamp duty and agent's fees involved. I'm sort of, you know, you buy something, you renovate and you hold it, you don't sell it. To overcome the fear of debt, Brown sought help from his parents. Um, I spoke to my mum and dad and they said, look, look, we're in debt with properties but um, if you get into debt with a home early, it'll pay dividends later on. So um, I was able to cover the repayments. What you've got to concentrate on is that you can repay. I was able to repay it from my window cleaning um, and I had a good deposit down on the on that block of land and I was able to um, uh, you know, increase the value of the home through buying that kitchen and other things from auctions and things. The carpet, that came from auction as well. So I was able to um, reduce the outlays by doing things like that, which helped out a lot. His parents also aided him in his property investing journey through encouragement and support. You know, I remember I was at university, I had a sore back from sitting down all the time studying 
And I brought this machine, it was about something like $300. It turns you upside down and it sort of hangs you from your feet. So your back sort of lines up a bit better. And my dad said, what are you buying that for? It's a waste of money, Garth. Why don't you put it toward a property? I thought, you know, you're right, Dad. Dad's always right. <laughs> so um, I did. So I thought, okay, I won't waste money on this or a car or anything like that. I'll do what Dad says. It sounds, you know, um, good advice. So instead of wasting things on, on things like that, um, yeah, I was able to just um, uh, refocus on getting a good deposit together and uh, putting it down on a property when it came available when my mum and dad told me about this property being of this block of land was available. That's really good. It's <laughs> I would love to know that machine just out of curiosity because um, <laughs> and, and whether it works as well too. <laughs> well, it's actually was on the student board at the at the university there. You know, you know those boards where people are buying and selling stuff. And I thought this might be good for my back. And uh, yeah, I can't quite recall it, but I got it on sold. Um, I think I bought it for three hundred, and somebody from my dad's work bought it for about two hundred. It's only lost about a hundred dollars over three years on it. The best advice he has ever received came from when he was very young, at a time when football was a big part of his life. That advice from Kevin Sheedy uh, and uh, Tommy Hafey when I was um, trialling out with football and those couple of football um, uh, scholarships I won when I went down to Sydney in the mid-80s was fantastic to um, make every day count, make the most of every situation, learn as much as you can, get around the right people and... Um, really apply yourself because um, life's you've got to make good decisions early otherwise it's going to affect you later on you've got to work hard you've got to work hard you've got to really want it you've got to really apply yourself and you've got to deal with adversity it's going to come and you the way you respond to adversity is to keep going and never give up <laughs> i think that was um and learn and, and take a step back i mean fail is the first attempt in learning it doesn't mean you're a write-off you just rejig and rego again much more intelligently. Brown's strategy when he purchased his property in Wollstonecraft was simplistic. I think what was there was just not to overinvest, not to go over the top, just to, to get into a uh, really, I wanted to get into Sydney, but in one of the inner ring suburbs uh, or middle ring suburbs. And at the time, because I knew that there was a lot of people that sort of work around that area, around that North Sydney area up to Chatswood. So I've ever brought a property there and uh, ever uh, had a change of circumstances and left, it would be quite easy to rent. Can you describe a little bit more about what Middle Ring suburb would mean for the listeners out there? Anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes from the CBD. Um, and then anything that's more than that, up to about half hour, probably Middle Ring suburb. And then anything above half an hour from the city, that probably would be like an outer ring suburb. And when you first purchased that property, you mentioned that you, you had one in Orange and then you sold that one to buy the one in, in Wollstonecraft. How much did you buy that for and, and what and what year? No, that was in 2000. It was 280,000. 280, but, but honestly, it was a mess. It was terrible. I've never seen – there was three – instead of replacing the carpet, they just put carpet on top of carpet. And they had light fittings, you know, you almost hit your head. They were hanging from the ceiling. And it had this really bad curry smell. It was terrible. Um, and it was a real shocker. We basically had to gutter the place. Wow. How many properties were in that development? 
There's about 15 there. Yeah. Yeah, about 15. And that was another thing. I did want to buy into a complex where there was too many units. Um, but it had a nice view of the of the city skyline and the Harbour Bridge, and it was near the railway station. So I knew this place would always go up in value because, you know, and it's a dimple root, dimple effect. You know, where the where the where the water drops, it, it sort of emanates out different waves of water. And um, the closer you are to that dimple, the better. And I think the closer you are to the CBD, not really right in the city because there's a lot of units that compete there, but just out of the city is, is a good way to, to invest. He found the development in Wollstonecraft in an unexpected way. But once he did, he knew it was the right property for his needs. Well, the funny thing was I was looking around, I was looking over at um, over near Gladesville and I was interested in a property over there. And, and then my mum rang me from, from Orange and said, go and look at this place at Wollstonecraft. I had no idea where that was, so we went and had a look. And I think it's one of those things where you just walk through the door and you knew straight away, this is for me. Um, and I just thought, I'm going to buy this place. Um, just at, um, I was used to renovation. It's not that hard to demolish, you know, rip, rip out an apartment, get rid of carpets and a kitchen and, and paint it and put a floor in. And um, as long as you don't overinvest... Uh, and I just knew it was right when I went through the door with the agent to have a look and then looked at the position. It was right near the railway station. It was, you know, eight minutes to the city. Um, probably the only drawback was the train noise. Um, but what I did there is I put double glazed windows in. A uh, company I did some window cleaning up in Orange there. I rang them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they said, look, we're down there doing a job around the corner. We'll go and give you a quote. And, okay, no problems. So, <laughs> uh, they put that in for us and the noise you know, sort of went. And then um, when I was down in Melbourne there, I was driving around with my wife and she said a lot of Europeans use these um, electric screens that drop down um, and also was able to um, uh, put one of those, uh, two of those onto the uh, apartment complex as well. So it shut the noise out completely. And what kind of rental return are you getting from that particular property now? I think it's we're getting about six fifty a week in. Great! Wow. So, I mean, we could go to South America and retire and live on that, you know. I mean, we've had friends that have done that. We've had friends who have rented their properties out and gone to um, Thailand and places like that. And these are the rents for their homes have paid for their, um, you know, a week's rent covers like a month expenses in in Thailand or South America. Another way people could enjoy their lives after retirement, you know, like get in early and then enjoy the fruits of your labours maybe in another country for a little while. Brown's wife also invested into a property for amazing value, which they then renovated as well. In Melbourne, in, nine, in I think it was about 2003. Can you believe it? You could buy a three-bedroom townhouse in the middle ring suburb of Melbourne for 190000 I wish those days were still around. I'd be buying a lot of them now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably worth probably about seven six fifty something like that now. You know, so and we haven't gone overboard with it. You know, had it all repainted, and that does amazing things. Paint a uh, new fence, new garage door. We put a deck on the side. You know, and uh, just kept it simple, and really didn't get in a lot of debt, and just. Um, played the long-term game, just held onto it and held onto it and it just keeps going up, you know. So, how much how much rent would you say that one's generating as well? Uh, you're probably looking, it's about four fifty a week, that one. Preferring to keep his property investing strategy simple, 
Brown has no plans to build his portfolio further and is content with his goals in preparing for retirement. I always research famous people and, you know, I sometimes look at people like Hitler and people like that, that have, even Napoleon. You know, they conquered great amounts of land and countries, but they weren't happy with what they had. They had to have more. And if they just stopped and enjoyed what they had, they would have um, lived a lot longer and enjoyed what they had. And I think that's a lot with a lot of people. They're not happy with what they have. Like they've, and I sort of learned to um, cultivate that with my mindset that um, I think that's enough. We can enjoy life on that. And not to compare yourself either. Like just do what you can do. Um, <clears throat> get into the market and can just keep consolidating what you've got. Um, and don't overinvest. That's what I would say. If you've got something, do it properly, but buy in a good area. Um, middle or inner ring suburbs of a major city. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Brown's personal habits which have contributed to his success. A lot of successful people, um, they talk about eating well, exercising and sleeping well. And I've really tried to do that in the last five years. How he's implemented a four-hour workday. It was really uh, being able to have your... um, like I've got my phone calls and everything's outsourced to a, um, a virtual office. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, are you enjoying listening to these stories and want more? Then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. Just one of the many benefits of being part of this community. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, their strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. Brown shares a personal habit which has contributed to his success on practicing self-care. A lot of successful people, um, they talk about eating well, exercising and sleeping well. Um, And I've really tried to do that in the last five years. Um, Like uh, I go bike riding twice a week and I try and get to bed around 9 or 9.30 and um, um, enjoy reading with my family, not watch too much TV. Uh, obviously, I don't mind watching TV. Sometimes the news is pretty negative, but I, you know, <laughs> these days. But yeah, you know, some sort of project, maybe the project things like that, or um, some renovation shows, or a nice movie. Uh, really have a good balance in your family life, I think. So, uh, exercising well, being healthy in your mind and your body, um, eating well and sleeping well. I think you've you've got to. If nobody looks after you, no one else will. Many resources inspire him to do this and help him emulate a successful person such as Michael Yarni and Tom Cooley. I read some um, Tony Robbins. Is it Tony Tony Robbins? Yeah. I read some of his material about um, what you focus on and uh, being healthy and um, uh, thinking about how you can solve people's problems and uh, really having a real passion for what you do and I think we've all had negative things that have happened in our life, but trying to focus on what the positive is and um, what you focus on is what you become. So you try and get rid of negative thoughts and uh, think of good things 
always be positive with people. Uh, don't talk about yourself a lot. Always show an interest in others, not uh, interrogation, but uh, just a brief interest. Um, I read a lot of things on LinkedIn too about successful people that come out because uh, I want to know what makes a person successful. You know, uh, if it's famous footballers or um, some of the hardships they've had to overcome. Um, Michael Yardney is another one that I, I subscribe to with uh, and Tom Cooley talking about the success habits of successful people. Um, uh, LinkedIn, as I said, is quite good as well. When you're talking about lawyers, what makes a successful lawyer? So if Brown had met himself 10 years ago, what would he tell himself? How has he changed since then? I suppose I've probably tried very hard, maybe not to try so hard to have some bit more time out for me. Um, I and probably have a few more breaks too. Um, and uh, particularly when I started my conveyancing business, because I started that from like I ran a cleaning business, that was different to a conveyancing business. I would have probably got a coach in to help me earlier from the beginning, uh, but I didn't even think of that. You just sort of get in there and you just go ahead and you just try it yourself. That's probably what I would have told my younger self to get a coach in when it don't come to my conveyancing business. I sort of had a pretty good get, grounding when it came to property investment and just um, looking what, you know, a lot of people in the country renovate things themselves, whereas in the city, a lot of people are sitting behind desks and never picked up a hammer or a, or a paintbrush. Coaching would have benefited Brown with his convincing business as he felt he needed guidance from someone more experienced at the time. Now, he's determined to coach others. Oh, because they've had the experience, they've been there and done that and you can't handle everything on your own. You just need some guidance from someone who's experienced and because they've been there and done that, then they're able to help um, to help you um, where to go forward. And I'm finding that because I do a bit of coaching with lawyers and conveyances at the moment because I've sort of been there, or have, I've been there and done that published a book on it and I um, give them guidance over the phone, um, I can help them avoid some of the pitfalls um, such as, um, you know, instead of having a bricks and mortar office, maybe look at getting a virtual office and operating from the cloud, things like that. A lot of these successful magazines say that's one of the best things they've done is got a coaching to help them. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when we compare it to say, for example, sports, sports people all require a coach. You know, if you don't have one, you, you, people would be wondering what's going on. But in business and in life in general, people just completely overlook it. Yes. So, if you, you get a coach in and I mean, with a human, we've got two brains really. We've got our brain in our head. We've also got our, our second brain, which is really your intestine, your gut feel about things. And that's um, another good uh, way of... Um, helping you to make good decisions in business and also with a coach and with your final decision about how you're going to go forward. Now, Brown is looking forward to enjoying the fruits of his labor with his family. I've got a holiday that I've got planned to Vietnam in September. Oh, nice. Tell me more. Well, that's where I really look forward to taking my wife and my daughter to. Um, it's a six-star resort at Vin Pearl, so I'm looking forward to going, on, going there. I've had some friends on Instagram. Uh, come back to us about it so uh, and also we're staying in Saigon for three nights so I think it's a city almost the population of Australia and I think it's great to go to another country and learn about how they do things like I remember we went to Thailand and you have these um, traffic lights there and there's like a countdown clock as to how's it um, whether when it's going to go green where I haven't seen that in Australia at all you know <laughs> we're too we're, we're too slow for that <laughs> 
like just picking up little things as you go along and how they go about how they do their how they live their life in the country you know and yeah so that's what i'm looking forward to and i've um i've been working on uh, working like a, a four-hour day um also too which is working out really well um when it comes to uh, running my conveyancing practice and um yeah, so that, that's been working well as well. So, how do you go about setting up a four-hour working day? One of the books I wrote was about how to, how to work a four-hour day and it was really uh, being able to have your um, – like I've got my phone calls and everything's outsourced to a, um, a virtual office and um, I think by having those phone calls outsourced and then <clears throat> either transferred to me or they take messages for, for half a day or – um, that's really freed me up and uh, being able to work from the cloud, being anywhere on a laptop computer. Um, I've been able to prioritise and not take on a lot of work. And if I do take on work, um, I charge well for what I do. I think that's what you've got to do when you're in business. You've got to charge well for what you do, enjoy what you do and don't take a lot on and keep your costs low. Very, very good points as well too. And especially if you charge a good a good rate and deliver good quality you get a good quality client as well so you're not spending your time definitely there's there's some really good people out there that are willing to pay good money to have their profession to have their legal work done properly and they're great to work with when you come across them if you wish to connect with brown or check out his material visit ask conveyancer that's on our website as well you can download on uh, iphone or on uh, android it's a free download at the moment and there's some very good material there before and after the contract tips and stamp duties and calculations and sheets and um, frequently asked questions and are able to email and phone the office straight away. So um, there's some uh, good points on that um, website that you can connect with us and you can even receive an e-newsletter if, you, if that delights you. But those two e-books for buying and selling are quite good plus the app there. It's a free download. Thank you to Garth Brown, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar Garth Brown and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.